we are live. In the sense that we're recording this. Yes, we're here, but we're not live. We are not literally speaking as you listen to this. Because really, you don't deserve that. Not that we edit this anyway. I wouldn't know. I, I check out after you hit stop. I've given, I've given up editing. Yeah, really? It's It, has, it hasn't dropped our listener count. Interesting. Actually, might, I think it might have actually, but... Really? I think it, I think it, took, it took a bit of a hit. I don't think there's a regression analysis on the uh, numbers. Oh, no. Fewer people listen to us? Yes. What will we do? Keep, keep, keep going. Should we, should we give up? No. No? Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. We'll give up when the Delvis is empty. <laughs> but we keep adding to it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like an eternal sand, it's like an eternal sand uh, timer. Speaking of the Delve, and this brilliant segue... We're hitting a we're hitting a Delve episode yes. today. Today, it's a special landmark. It's it is the final Satoshi Kon film yes, that we is. will ever review. Yes, unless of course we do another. Po- unless we do a podcast on like Tokyo Godfather at some point. Didn't we already? We did articles on it, not a podcast. Oh, that was back when we were actually writing. That it. was back in two thousand and eleven. And I will have to watch it next Christmas. Yes. I don't think Julianne will wait any longer. <laughs> You've got to spend a year trying to hunt it down? No, I still have a copy. Okay. Um, Alright, so we are reviewing 2006 film Paprika. As the, obviously by Satoshi Kong. Um, would you like... this? Was You added this, right? I added this and it does appear on a few best sci-fi lists. You've seen it? Yes. Before, before this event? I've seen it... Uh, this is the first time I've seen it in, in, in a home. I've seen it in theaters multiple times. Okay. So we're going to have different opinions on it. Check. Yes. Maybe not as differing as you think. I was... I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've become good at predicting your... Uh, your responses to films, and I suspect we once more, unfortunately, agree. But we'll see. Okay. In any case, why don't you give us a plot rundown if that's possible? It, I, it's absolutely possible. This is a pretty. This is not uh, not the most linear, but it's still. I'd say it's more linear than uh, like linear actors. I disagree. Okay. I think. I was I was being unfair. It's very easy to give a plot synopsis. Yes. It's very difficult to review the plot. Yes. That I will agree with that. So in 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 summary, the in this world, uh, we have the invention of the of a machine that lets people go into other people's dreams. And with this, we start to see people who are having psychotic episodes for no explainable reason other than that they're related to the development and use of this device. And our hero is one of the scientists on this team who also acts as a private investigator type who goes into dreams to help solve people's issues. You're giving me an incredulous look. I'm not giving you an incredulous look. I am giving you... I'm looking ponderously at the wall because I'm not sure that I consider her a private investigator so much as a psychologist. I, w- I said type because I guess it's a little more freelance. I don't know if... She's certainly not licensed. No, she's not licensed. But I, I guess I'm treating her as an investigator because the movie does frame her more as an investigator, but what she is doing is more akin to psychology. No, Definitely. 
Like she's she's helping. She's troubleshooting your weird green thing. Yes. But Although I, we only ever really see one example. We only see one character doing that. Um, but no, and so. th- I mean, and that's the sort of the, the, the setup of the film. Right. I, I think you can go so far as to saying that, you know, the, the major plot of the film is that, you know, the prototype device is, is misplaced. Misplaced and kind of stolen. And, and we're dealing with the repercussions that there's no real safeguards on the device to prevent it. Yeah, they had they had to put the encryption in on on it yet. So so anyone is vulnerable. Yes. To being <coughs> invaded, I'll say by the device. Yes. And whoever's using it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start out by saying that this is visually a stunning film. Absolutely, I think I think that is without a doubt. The strongest point, I would say, the visuals alone make the film worth you seeing it once. And having seen it, having seen a Blu-ray copy, I highly recommend if you ever do have the chance to see it in a film festival. I can only imagine it would be glorious. Yeah, this is why, you know, when when I had the opportunity to see it on the big screen, I've taken it. The first time was the first time I happened to see it, because it was showing at a, um, a retrospective of his, back when he was alive. Right. And I can't even imagine, um, apparently this is based on a, on a novel, and I don't... I, I, want, I wonder how much of the stuff is that, that the, the creative team brought to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine, like, what that... The, I mean, the, the biggest visual in the film is the parade. Right. This recurring visual of all these... Horribly creepy. Creature, yeah, horribly creepy, and just, it, like, objects, toys, cell phones. Cultural references. Yeah. Just walking through people's dreams, and they keep going through... They go... And, and it's going from dream to dream, person to person. A dream parade. Picking up things as it goes along. And it's a, just an absolutely brilliant nightmare. And it, I think it's a great it visual metaphor that makes that makes the film make sense. And I think it was like, not only do I just think that the, some of the techniques they did were brilliant, but I do think that um, their designs were insanely good. Like, just like... So many things in that movie are meant to discomfort or disorient you, mm-hmm. and they are very, very effective. It's it, it's a good example of dreamlike visual. I think, Absolutely. you know, if I were to give a list of other, I mean, we've looked at another film that kind of did this. That was Dreamscape, uh-huh. and that did a pretty, and it did actually make that me did, think of Dreamscape. Yeah, that did it really well. And the film that when it came out, uh, Inception was, and I found kind of you know. Got that bug up their ass and oh, it ripped off this, that, and the other thing. And I don't. They both share the same idea of going into dreams. They think that Inception ripped Petrick off? Yes. Really? Anime fans love to be offended that something stole their thing that they love. Okay. And the, the only. The comparison in my mind stops when you get. after you leave the ability to enter a dream. Right. Because the stories don't resemble each other. And that's not a unique thing. No. I mean, we just came up, without any effort, came up with another example of that sure. that predates both of them. Sure. And I would argue Dreamscape is closer to Paprika than Inception is. Absolutely. It really, it felt, at least for the first, say, 20, 25 minutes, it 
felt like a late eighties, early nineties kind of dreamscape vibe. It ha- yeah, no, it has that. I mean, they break away from it quickly with but. the investigation. You know, it, but it's focusing on more investigation and and when you're in passive dream entering mode, mm-hmm. like it gets a little wonky about after about twenty minutes, but. In the early stages of entering a dream, it's very close to dreamscape. Yes. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of ridiculous, but it, I think you know anyone who had seen Fraprika, I think agreed that you know those aren't they're comparable in that they have one that that, that one line is the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, important note. Uh, I would say, like, I think there's a website that does this. Who knows if they review Paprika, though? This is definitely a trigger warning movie. Yes. Like, there are, there are, there's specifically a scene that is, if you are subject to triggers for violence, especially of the sexual kind, you will not want to watch that. No. I I didn't want to watch it. I forgot that was there, because that's how often how those things happen. But no, it was it was very disturbing, and the only thing that saved me was that I tend to read along with what's happening in the plot when I'm watching movies, mm-hmm. so that I don't get lost. And I like saw that that was going to happen, and I'm like, oh, well then. <laughs> and it was still more disturbing than the minor description that we got in the article. It was still way more disturbing than that. It, 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 that's a credit to the film's ability to visualize things. Sure, absolutely. There is no, between the amazing visualizations and what I think is a very effective soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Again, visuals followed by the soundtrack, and then... I think that the weakest link on this is definitely the plot, and it was a weak link. It was, it's a weak plot, but I think it... It's, it's not even a weak plot, but they got so into themselves with telling the story that they allowed it to become muddled. They... It was. It became too confusing. It didn't need to be as confusing as it was, but they're like, we know what we're doing, and they got lost in it. At least that's my interpretation. Can you, can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? There were very majorly confusing parts that um, that took a while to really like. Just the dynamic that was Paprika being an alter ego to um, to Chiba, like that was never. Clearly enough explained, I think, until it was just in your face. Boom, there you go. Like, they they could have... They could have shown it to you without having to like, blatantly put it in your face. See, I, I, I thought it was fairly obvious from the, from the opening credits. I, I definitely didn't. Okay. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm on the wrong side. And I knew, like, having read a lot, mm-hmm. I knew, and I still didn't feel like it was obvious enough to the, to the regular viewer. Because I, I think there's there's a, there's a shot in the in the opening where as she uh, it goes Paprika's driving and then a truck passes and then the same car is is the the uh, scientist. And that to me is enough to go okay they're the same character. I didn't really I didn't pick up on that well enough. Uh, the other part is just that they get so full of themselves doing dream transitions. I mean like haha we fooled you you were in a dream that it became too confusing. And then you had to start backtracking, being like, okay, well, where's the last time I actually saw them in the real world, and what's going on? And there is a point which you can do that too much in a movie. And I think that they they crossed that line. I, I definitely had problems with the plot. Um, I felt like 
the detective storyline was really like almost tacked in. It. The, I wonder if that's the sort of if you look at the novel compared to the movie of where where that's that's more there and that sort of they left some of it in to give you an idea of how Paprika works, hmm. but that's sort of the only anchoring point to it. And I felt like she was like last minute love announcement was just really not telegraphed at all. No. Just out of the blue, no nothing to back it up, just hey, by the way, this plot point. And I thought that was a severe like I thought that was the weakest part of the movie. Like if they had done anything to back it up, given any kind of like initial build up, but the only way it's believable is if you believe the two of them are in a kindergarten class. And she just was mean to him because she loved him. And she was mean to him. Yeah. He's a fat person. That's what fat people deserve. Said the fat man. Mm. So, like, that's... It's a good fat shaming movie. I have a lot of problems with the plot. I do think that the, the visuals and the audio might make up for a lot of it. I think they carry... I think they carried enough to give you one good viewing of it. Mm. And if you can chew on visuals enough... That that will carry the movie and make it something that you'd want to watch again and show other people. I'm not sure about showing other people, but it's definitely a movie where now I'd be like, maybe not right this second, but I'd watch it again at a later time just to see if I pick up anything I missed. Because there's so many visual cues that I'm positive I missed quite a few of them. Yeah, it, it definitely is one of those films where you start to see what they're going to be showing you and you'll, you know... Like they don't telegraph the relationship, no. but they do have other visual things in there that build into it. It's sort of like um, watching Fujiko Mine over. You see those threads from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But no, so it was. It had it definitely had pluses and minuses, but it's visually you just you should watch it just for that. Like it was just it was an amazing movie to watch, just, even in the first. Ten minutes, I was completely wowed, and it only got better from there. Yeah, I think I think yeah, up to the even through the end, like you were never visually disengaged. But it was um, it was also just insanely creepy. Yes, they did a really good job of making it insanely creepy, like weird, creepy dolls. But when, when dolls it, are a touch point for me now, because they are, because dolls are fucking creepy, and everyone knows that. And if you're and if you're not creeped out by dolls. You're probably a bad person. They didn't used to be, and I think that unfortunately in my current line of hobbies, I'm being subjected to them more. Are you blaming me for the, this creepy doll thing? A little, yeah. I try not to. <laughs> Only when I take my mother's uh, horrifying uh, nightmare dolls that she puts in my in the house. Yeah, the soul keepers. Yeah, well, you never to see one in real life. And hey, a, right. a room full of them. I'm not sure I'd ever sleep sound here. And a room just full of them. I don't think I'd sleep sound. And their eyes follow you. I don't particularly know how your father sleeps soundly. <laughs> and I'm not sure he does. I'm not sure he does. Well, there's none in the bedroom, I think. I think there's none in the bedroom. But knowing they're in that house, ready to steal your soul, or having stolen another soul <coughs> and being animated. They're like weeping angels. You just need to look at them constantly to make sure they're not moving. And remember, go to Etsy.com and search for Fantasy Play, and you can buy one of these dolls to capture your, your enemy's souls. Definitely. See, you buy one, and then you send it to your worst enemy. <laughs> just 
and just see what happens. And I guarantee you're going to be satisfied. Now, Alan Mendez, do not go to fantasyclay.com. <laughs> you have been personally warned. Why? He, like all good Americans, is terrified of creepy dolls. Yeah, I would not recommend it. I've, I've seen them and... Whew. <laughs> Man, is that a good job making a creepy doll? But I am, but going back to the movie. Sure. Like, like I think every dream film, it has to have, it always has some level of creepy and subnatural imagery. I was, actually, I was, if there was a weakness in that, I was a little disappointed that subconscious didn't play more into them. Like, I, I felt like that was not a strong point in the dream sequences where subcon- like people's subconsciouses weren't really interacting too strongly. It was very... When you were in the dream, you were in the dream, and you were just directly there. Nothing really subconscious impacted you, like I thought it would. Okay. That's, I, like, when you look at it, like, I, I think... That's where everyone has a character. There's no, like, sub-character. There's no... Not only that, but there's no, like... The environment doesn't really seem to change based on, like, your emotions or... Anything that might be like maybe going on. With See, I, I think someone that with a detective does show that more. He was closest. Yes. Absolutely. But other than that, like, and maybe it's because we have our main character, usually when we're dreaming, or Paprika. Mm-hmm. Paprika has... And she has a, control over what's going on. She has a, a, a unparalleled mastery of the dream. Yes. And everyone else is sort of in this weird psychotic state, or comatose state. Well, that's because they're being, like, they explained that pretty yes. well, I thought. That, you know, they're being, they're having this dream implanted in them that is driving them to, yes. like, this dream parade is rumbling through their head. So really, other than the detective, though, everyone isn't in control at all of their mind. No, but wait, maybe that's really my, uh, like, there, maybe that's what the problem is, as I'm picking it apart, is that we don't really get as much of a baseline is might be beneficial for the movie. I, I think this movie depends on its audience and its intelligence in a lot of ways, where, like, Absolutely. it's, like, I think, okay, so, great example of this is Inception, mm. and any Christopher Nolan film, mm. which loves to tell you all of the rules of how a system works. This film, however, doesn't. It, it doesn't, and I find that, yes, I think you can overdo that, mm-hmm. but I do find that that was a weakness in the film. I, I, at least for me, I find it refreshing. And I think this would be that, you know, if you watch too much anime, anime loves to be super rulesy. And I think that this is sort of a refreshing change for me with that, where I, I don't necessarily like rules fiction. I don't, and I didn't necessarily need the rules so much as we, we were not often subjected to what a, a normal dream encounter was. We get one with a detective. And then things go off the rails. I I guess I didn't... Again, I've seen this film three times, so I can't... I'm not as uh, clear on sort of... It's, again, it's been... I saw this... 2009 the first time, and I've seen it multiple times since then. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little harder to, to get that clear image of, like, I know what this film does and how it does it. Sure. And it does have a tight economy of time. It does. It's a 90-minute film. Yeah. I think it could have... With some proper script tweaks, it could have easily been a two-hour film that was a better rounded film. It, it, it could have filled in more time. And again, I think it's one of those we're not used to 
Like, this film feels like it's out of the, almost the 70s in a lot of ways of, of its economy. That it is a super streamlined film. And frankly, I got more out of the detective story than I ever did out of the main plot points. Yeah, well, the main, the main plot is almost much more of a, a, a very linear detective story. To, sure. to sort of use the phrase detective story twice in two different contexts. Right. You have this one investigation and... Like, I felt like that was a well-written story that was put under a very formulaic story. Formulaic with some interesting uh, revelations, but still formulaic. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of... They they relied too much on your ability to put two and two together. They really did. And I, I appreciate that you find it refreshing, but there are parts like... We never really got it good. Like, he, one of the villain, the villain, the main villain's henchman, uh, uh, Osana, I think? Dr. Osana? Probably. Yeah. Like, we yeah, never clearly, really get a... He never gets a character. Not only does he not get a character, but we go from him helping to him being a villain and never really having that transition. Just like, oh, boom, I'm a bad guy. Didn't you know that? I mean, I, I, don't, I think it could use a bit of a beefing up here and there. No, I, I just... As much as I praise its its visuals and their choice in soundtrack, I have to, like... Its plot is a very weak point for the movie. That I think that it was... It could have been better with a little care. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. But I, I, and I know I'm coming off as very hard on the movie, but trust me, I was a little harder on it last night. But now, you know, after having, you know, 24 hours to, like, sit on it, you know, you have to recognize visually and auditorily it's a brilliant movie that just, like, that plot doesn't live up to it. But in any case, I highly recommend you watch it. It's, 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 it's worth putting in your brain, even if you, you know, have some creepy dreams afterwards. Yeah, you know, we watch enough stuff at this point. If you aren't full of weird shit by now... But um, but in any case, I, I definitely recommend watching, and I can't speak I can't speak for how y'all feel about the plot. Maybe you'll find it refreshing, like Vincenzo. Maybe you'll find it weird and a letdown, like me. But in either case, just visually, it's well worth seeing. Especially in the dream, there's just beautiful transition sequences that just are amazing, and the soundtrack pairs so well with whatever they're doing at the time. It's very seamless, I thought, which is sometimes hard to do with the soundtrack and, not, and make it like still memorable. Especially a such a strange soundtrack, mm-hmm. where it's just I, I don't know, I don't know it's not, is it techno or one of those things? I guess maybe kind of. Yeah, it depends on where you are. Like they do a very good mm-hmm. job at like mooding it. <coughs> In any case, anything else we want to bring up about this? Um, you, I'm guessing, watched the dub. I did watch the dub and the sub. Okay, which was. Really amazing. Like, one of the best parts about our viewing was getting those two together. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the dub was so much better at communicating what they were saying. And sometimes the dub didn't say remotely what it was supposed to be saying. The reason I bring this up is because there was some interesting casting in the Japanese track. Okay. Where uh, the voice actor for uh, Kosuku Tokita, the fat doctor, the fat sure. scientist, 
was voiced by Toto Furura, who was in Mobile Suit Gundam as Amuro Ray. Oh, really? Yes. That is odd. And the direction Stoshi Kone gave him was, just play Amuro Ray if he was a thir- was a 35-year-old, you know, loser. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I watched the, the dub, and it was, a it was an interesting character, especially through the voice, but, hmm. but now it was, uh, this was my first experience really doing both of those simultaneously, and following it, and it was just like, oh, wow, that's, um, that's not remotely what they said. Two different show stories. It really wasn't. But at the same time, sometimes the dub did such a better job at communicating what was obviously meant to be communicated. Like, it did a better job at pulling things into colloquialisms and everything, but sometimes it was just like, no. It sort of went off in a weird idiomatic way. Yeah, yeah. not even close. But in any case, I definitely recommend watching it. Um... I enjoyed the dub, but, you know, most people out there think I'm the devil. So. I, I honestly, I did not know this film had a dub until so I looked at the back of the Blu-ray case. And I was like, oh, they dubbed this. I was so grateful because um, cause my partner had asked me. She's like, uh, uh-oh, is this, is this dubbed or subbed? I'm like, I don't know. Let's find out. Because I know, like, Tokyo Godfather, I don't think it's dubbed, and I don't think my name actress is dubbed either. I'm not sure about Tokyo Godfather. I think you're right, though. I'm like, oh, this is, and this is the only, only of his films you can get on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. The other three are all out of print, and his TV show well, is this, out of print. This would, it would be a tragedy for this not to be on Blu-ray. I I would say the same thing about an actress, though, too. Yeah. No, you're and right. I, and I think that that is actually a tragedy, that we don't have a high-quality Blu-ray of that. I agree, and that's definitely one I'd pick up. Yeah, and I... You know, having said that, that is still maybe the highest point of... Definitely the highest point of his career. Absolutely. And possibly one of the and one of the highest points of like animation's history. I'm not sure I haven't seen enough. And we have very different opinions yes. on animation. But um why don't we um anything else or should we uh, I we I think we've that? said at least most of our thoughts. I'm sure we forgot things because that's how we go. Yeah, well, in three weeks we'll remember and say something yes. completely out of context. So, so we're continuing on the uh, anime train. Uh, and I do not. Uh, I do. I will. I want to assure our audiences that I do not manipulate the random number. I back this because it's not like this is a train I want to be on right now. Because I, I wouldn't. I mean, I manipulate what's on the list clearly. And that I do add things from the list periodically. But I check that too, usually. Yeah, you, you also, you know, add as whenever you remember something that isn't on there. And it's a very full list. Mm-hmm. We are continuing on the anime train, and we are taking it to the stars in Galaxy Express 3-9. Have I, have I seen that? No, you've seen Captain Harlock. No, no, no. A long, long time ago, I watched the Space Train movie on that anime night. No, that was a ripoff of Galaxy Express 3-9. Okay. And watch, I say very loosely. It was on the wall. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, no, no, no one is... We're not reviewing Protectors of Universe. So Galaxy Express 3.9 will be our, our next yes. review in a month. We'll be on the Galaxy Express 3.9. We'll take, we'll take you on a journey. A never-ending journey. A we're, journey. 
to the stars. Which I know many people will want to listen to, because it seems like if there's one thing that geeks love more than trains, it's space trains. Well, yeah. Or snow trains. There is that, too.
Oh!